Today we're talking about the show ratio. I see less people than most people, but I write more premium than most people because I only meet with people who go, yeah, no problem. That makes sense. And right there and then they've said I'm buying. And other parts of the industry are like 70% show factor. Oh my God. I get like a 20% show factor and I'm lucky. If they're not saying, yeah, this is super important to me. I'll meet today or tomorrow. Then they're saying it's not important to me. Hold on. Let me give you a couple of things I just did. Okay. Yeah. Tactical things that we don't often talk about. As soon as I book that appointment, I have a text confirmation that goes out that says, hey, you know, this appointment is confirmed. If he saw five of them, it doesn't matter if he's at half of the comp rate that you're at. He's going to make more money than you every single week, period. And he's going to be able to see three times the amount of people. He's going to write so much more business than the person that's setting 30, 40 appointments in a week because he's setting 5, 10, 15 that you know are actually going to show and that are actually wanting to buy. In the words of Travis Scott, it's lit. Are we allowed to talk about Travis Scott? Is it kind of like R. Kelly? We can't talk about R. Kelly anymore. Can we talk about Travis Scott yet? Anyway, what's that have to do with insurance? This is the How to Sell Insurance podcast. My name is Ryan Federico. I'm here with my esteemed colleagues, Mr. DJ Debt Free, Keith Fonseca. What up? And the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ashton Delango Lunday. And today we're talking about the show ratio, your show factor. And in insurance, uh, seemingly one of the biggest hurdles that new agents and agents in general need to overcome is how many people are actually showing up for your insurance appointments, right? So uh, we want to go over a couple things that we think will help people uh, get to that show ratio factor of 70% or above. And I know some of you guys listening to this in other parts of the industry are like, 70% show factor? Oh my God! <laughs> I get like a 20% show factor and I'm lucky. Well, hopefully you're going to pick up some tips and tricks in this that will get you to that 70% plus show factor like all three of us have. Uh, now, a couple disclaimers. Number one, uh, we are all three working virtually. We don't go see any clients in their homes. We don't drive to anybody's homes. We all three have done in-home visits and you know built our careers going to drive to people's homes and meet them at the kitchen table uh, if we're lucky. So we're we're going to talk about both of those for some of you guys who are still out there uh, driving around to appointments and seeing people in person. Uh, but a lot of our focus today is going to be on how to get a higher percentage show ratio on your virtual appointments as well as your, your in-person appointments. There's three main things that we wanted to cover today that were about how to improve your show factor if you're comfortable with your script. So that's kind of the first thing. You know what you're going to say. Now we want to talk about three areas of improvement and three little tips and tricks that we can give you to get that show factor up to 70%. So I'm going to outline them and then we're going to dive into them. First one is building urgency or building value in showing up to the appointment. And this is a huge area that's missed by, I mean, pretty much every agent that tells me I'm having a terrible show ratio and I ask them to send me a phone recording, they always miss this. Why does that person need to show up to your appointment? Why is it important to them? Is there some urgency and, and a reason for them to actually meet with you? So that's number one. Number two is actually what you're saying to lock down the appointment. Are you scheduling it at the right time? Are you having them write it down? Are you having them put it in a calendar? Are you having them write a reminder note? That kind of thing. What are you actually doing to lock down that time and to, and to build some value around your time being scarce and them needing to meet with you? And then number three is what kind of reminders are you sending them? Are you sending them email reminders? Are you sending them text message reminders? Are you doing things that are like a double opt-in or a confirmation reply yes to confirm your appointment, things like that? Uh, or are you just kind of winging it out there on a prayer that you just said 2 p.m. on Tuesday and they're just going to remember they're going to show up, right? So I think those are the three things that we want to cover. Let's jump into number one which I personally feel like is the most important, which is building urgency and a concern for why they need to meet with you. One of the examples that I give, and Keith, I'm going to go to you first. One of the examples that I give about this is with the doctor. And some of you guys have heard me share this before, but if your doctor calls you and says, Keith, it's been a year since you did your annual physical. We want to schedule your annual physical to come on in, get your blood work done and everything. And the time that we have available for you is going to be February 25th. 
right? You're going to go, okay, sure. Go see my doctor February 25th. It's time for my annual physical. That's fine. But on February 24th, if something comes up for you to do on the 25th, what's the odds that you're actually going to go see your doctor with nothing wrong with you on February 25th? Probably pretty low. You're going to put something else in priority in front of that because you don't have any medical concerns. Conversely, if there's something wrong with you, if you have a medical issue and there's a problem and you're calling the doctor going, hey, I got something wrong. I need to see you as soon as possible. And they're like, Keith, we can see you on February 25th. What are the odds that you're going to go see that doctor on February 25th? Probably astronomically high. So when we talk about needing to give somebody a reason to show up for our appointment, we really need to dig into why insurance is important to them. Whether you're talking, again, to warm market, family, friends, network marketing, because you're at a captive agency and you don't work leads, whether you're talking to final expense, whether you're talking to mortgage protection or life leads or, or something like that, no matter who you're talking to, the reason why they're going to book an appointment with you is because they have a concern. And you elevating that concern and giving them a reason to need to meet with you is the first step to having them put the importance on your appointment and actually show up. So what are some ways when, when you're talking to some people, Keith, uh, and you're setting your average appointment that you think you elevate that concern so that it's important enough to them that they want to show up for the appointment? You know, there's for a long time, people did insurance appointments and said, hey, do you want to meet? Yeah. And those people showed up. Why did they show up? Because they wanted to buy insurance because they needed to buy insurance. So to me, this is more about exposing that concern. And once it's in the light, then maybe I can elevate it slightly and give them a little bit of a, you know, this is going to be super simple to get, a, you know, get done. I like to give them, you know, the step-by-step -step process that we're going to go through in the appointment. Um, and making sure that I'm pointing out some things that they didn't know so that there's a reason for them to show up in terms of this is valuable to meet with this person because he brought to the forefront some things we weren't thinking about. And right there, there's this sense of like, oh, wow, I don't want to miss out on this, right? We just don't miss out on things in life where we are afraid of having that feeling of I missed out. And we also show up for things where we have that feeling of like, I have to have this. But if I'm creating urgency, and you know, I know a lot of folks do this really well. They elevate the concern, like you said, Ryan, and you probably, you know, you do it really well. But if they don't want insurance, I don't want to elevate anything, to be honest with you. If they're really not into like, hey, this is urgent, if they're saying, Yeah, 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 we've, you know, we responded, we're a lead, or if I'm talking, you know, if I don't have leads and I'm talking to someone in my life, in my warm market or in my circle of influence. And I'm saying, let's talk about, you know, putting some insurance in place. The second I start talking about why they need it, rather than them telling me why they need it, that's going to elevate the possibility or the probability that they're not going to be involved. They're not going to show up. Um, at least for me, knowing me and the way that I am able to, you know, create a win for the client, I just want to expose that they had that concern already. And doing that really means asking the right question very quickly, very directly. Um, I, I like to be really super direct. Yeah, so I think that we're talking about two separate things here that I'm hearing. So the first one is the process of sifting and to making sure that there is a concern with the person, uh, especially doing this in warm market or doing this in you know a non-lead-based system. If you are taking leads, and especially if they're aged leads, sifting to see if there's still a concern so you're not selling somebody on meeting with you for sure. Uh, but I know in my experience, and this is where I want to go to, to Ashton, and in, in pretty much every agent that I talk to, they call leads and they people are like, yeah, I want insurance. And then they go, okay, great. See you tomorrow at six. And then they don't show up. And so there isn't enough concern elevated in why they want insurance to make the appointment important enough to them for them to actually show up. And that's, I think, what we're getting at. And, and with, uh, with Ashton, I know you, you had a transition period where you went from seeing people in their homes to going virtual, and it didn't go so smooth. And there was a lot of people that didn't show up for you, and you were struggling a lot. And then you kind of turned that corner. And now you have a great show ratio. You're seeing everybody virtual, super comfortable, would never do it any differently. So, you know, what were some of the things that you did in that building of concern or digging into somebody's 
why they want insurance. Uh, number one, to sift them, like like Keith was saying, but number two, to actually get the people who were interested to show up and talk about insurance with you. Yeah, I think a lot of it came with not not creating, but really what I always tell all my agents, you know, we're we're just uncovering or, or revealing what that need is or if there is a need because, you know, like we said, we're I, I don't want to meet with someone that doesn't want to meet with me. Uh, not, not in a mean way. It's, you know, I, I don't want to waste your time. Your time is valuable. You have far better things to do than to sit down and stare at me for 45 minutes. You have a, supposedly, supposedly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you don't, you know, you're going to have a, a wife, you know, kids, you know, there's probably a lot of other things you could be doing that would be a little more fun than sitting here and talking to me if there's not a need, but if there is a need, there's nothing better you could be doing because we are the people, I am the person that's going to be able to make sure that your family's life is able to go on in the event that there was a tragic event that happened. They're not going to have any transition period in terms of financially going, man, where are we going to do? Where are we going to live? So really breaking down that, that need, that, that why on the phone really helped people to show more because they realized I'm not just meeting with some random person. Uh, you know, that we're, we're actually meeting with someone who's going to help us. And so that was the, the huge thing there, I think, for me, because when I first went virtual, I remember that, that first week, I had 12 appointments set, all, all virtual, 100% virtual, uh, and I had zero show. Not a, not a single one showed. And so then, you know, I went back to in-person, and I was like, all right, obviously, this, you know, it's not working for me. My in-person, you know, I got a great show ratio, great close ratio. Um, but, you know, let me just stick that out. And then, you know, we had a great national training from our company on how to make sure people show, really breaking down that why and going over, you know, that time a, a good bit and implemented that. And that's when that show ratio really kicked off to, to where it's at today, about 70, 80. Yeah, I think that's, you know, really digging into, like Keith said, uncovering that they feel like they have a need is kind of the first thing. And then this is something that I've been doing since I was going in person, just because the territory that I was working, you know, it could be an hour and a half to two hours between appointments, uh, you know, drive time for me. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just wasting that hour and a half or two hours on the road to go see somebody who wasn't interested in insurance. And so I would always dig into a very simple sequence of questions. And if we want to give somebody tactical, tangible stuff, hopefully you're taking notes. Uh, what I would typically do is I would ask them either if they're warm market, I would say, so what has you thinking that you, you need insurance and kind of get their concern if they filled out a form, a letter. So why'd you fill out this letter? What were you hoping that this coverage would do for you? If they made a phone call, if they requested online, hey, when you made that request, what was it that you were hoping this coverage would do for you? What are your concerns? This is when I'm setting the appointment after I've gotten all their medical information, I've kind of verified what they want now. And then I would just dig in and ask them why they wanted that. So somebody would say, oh, I want the house to be paid off for my wife. Oh, okay. Why is that important to you? Oh, because if, if I die, she's not going to be able to keep this house. Oh, okay. That sounds like a problem to me. What do you think she would do if that happened? Well, I don't know. I mean, where do you think she would go? I don't know. And now just through asking those couple questions, right, and, and getting somebody uncomfortable in this is when I'm setting the appointment, now I've elevated that, oh, yeah, we definitely have a problem here. So I've taken them from, hey, I'm calling you for your annual physical to them calling me going like, oh, yeah, I made that request because I have this serious problem that if something happens to me, my spouse is probably going to lose this house or my kids aren't going to be able to go to college or my, like whatever their concern is that they, uh, they voiced, I'm just asking them. Why is that a concern? What would happen right now if you didn't have this coverage, if that happened in your life? And asking 30 seconds of questions, this isn't, we're not talking about 10 minutes. We're not even talking about a super developed skill that you need some crazy skill set to do. It's a pretty basic set of questions that you should be able to have with somebody who requested for insurance or had some interest in meeting with you. And what that does is it elevates their need for insurance in their head. And it puts, when we go to set the appointment, it makes it a high priority meeting for them so that they put a little bit more importance and think about 
uh, when they schedule an appointment with you, if they're going to be available, if their spouse is going to be available, do they have 15, 20 minutes, half an hour to be able to dedicate some focus to it? So now once you've elevated the concern, so let's say that I did that, Keith, you've, you've sifted through people, you have uh, found out that they want insurance, you've asked why do they want insurance, and been like, okay, that makes sense now, I see that you have a major concern. Now you go into actually setting the appointment and locking it down. Let's just take for everybody's benefit, let's say that you've asked them what they do for work, they've told you their work schedule, a big, a big pitfall that I see a lot of agents do is they never ask that. And so they go, oh, I can meet you at 2.30. And the person's like, well, I'm working until 5.30. Yeah. Why would you schedule an appointment for me at 2.30? And immediately, they'll never say that. The clients will never tell you, oh, I'm working till 5.30. They'll go, this guy doesn't care about me, and he's not even concerned with my life. So I'm just going to tune out, and I'll just tell him, yeah, whatever, 2.30 works, and they're not going to show up for your appointment. Or they'll show up at 2.30, and their spouse won't be there. And now you're running a, a one-legged appointment and they're going to tell you, oh, I need to talk with my spouse about it. And you did that to yourself because you didn't find out when they were available. So let's just say for the sake of this argument, Keith, you found out that they get off work, best time to meet with them both is six o'clock, right? And so now you're going into setting the appointment with them. What are some of the things that you're doing to get them to actually lock the appointment down, lock it into their calendar, write them down? Do you have them say it out loud to you? What are the, some of the things that you're doing to get them to acknowledge what time the appointment's at? Well, I want to back up first and make sure that I'm clear about we're meeting today or tomorrow. That's my sandbox. Sure. And if we're not meeting today or tomorrow, we're not likely to get some coverage in place for you. And, you know, we backed up to, you know, some of those questions you mentioned earlier. For me, it's important to figure out if we don't get some coverage in place immediately, and something happens to you before then, you know, can you afford what's going to happen, right? That's the whole point. And so, like, nobody knows their date of death unless it's planned, and that's kind of sad, but it's true. Unless you've planned your date of death, right, for everyone listening to this podcast, anybody, it could be tomorrow. And I know that's sad to think about, and I know it's harsh. Um, you know, my family's been through it twice in the last five years, unexpectedly, 41 and 40, and um, it just brought to light for me that when I'm talking to someone, my conviction about like, we need to do this immediately because it's in my hands and you need it taken care of. Because if I don't two days from now, you might be in a lot of trouble. And so that's why like the number one tactic and tool for me, again, as the, uh, you know, master of mindset is we need to do this right away. And I'm not coming off that. If they're not saying, yeah, this is super important to me. I'll meet today or tomorrow. Then they're saying it's not important to me. This is really basic human nature that, again, if they hadn't eaten in a week and I called them and I said, I've got a meal for you tonight, they're not going to go, you know what? My, my calendar's really full. I'll wait till next week to have that meal. They're going to say, okay, tell me where and when. So yeah. in, you know, I, I know you like the word sifting, but for me, it's, it's more than sifting. It's like just, I really enjoyed how you said, you know, paint the picture and, uh, you know, forgive me, it just started snowing in New Jersey. It's like, what the heck? Uh, then it's paint that picture, right? <laughs> paint that picture so that, you know, there's this like feeling and this sense of if I don't take care of this right away, now it's brought to the front of my brain, right? What's in the back of my brain, what people don't want to think about and planning, uh, you know, life after death. Now I brought it to the front of my brain and that becomes urgent. If that thing I'm like nervous and worried about becomes the priority, I'm going to knock over people. I'm going to knock over buildings. I'm going to go through what I have to to take care of it. Because people will take care of pain before they seek pleasure. That's just a human nature thing. And so, um, you know, to go back to tactical, Ryan, I'm, you know, using power language. Does this one work better? Does this one work better? Which one works better for you and your spouse? I'm never asking them, when are you free? Because then they're setting me. I'm not setting them. I want them to understand I'm that orthopedic surgeon, the one that all the superstar athletes seek after, the ones that they fly around the world to see, because they know that doctor is going to take care of them. So when I'm speaking to someone and I'm setting the appointment with them, they know that this person, this insurance agent is going to take care of them. And that's tonality, right? That's use of language. That's not um, a script. That's belief. That's Absolutely. conviction. And without it, um, People will mistreat you in no show. I think what you just said was was a huge key. 
about what you're saying about building that urgency and allowing that that person to realize the seriousness of this. Obviously, they, for us, you know, we're, we're working mainly leads, and they they put in that request. Honestly, I I'd love to role play that with you real quick. You you kind of being the agent, and then when someone gives you that objection of, hey, well, I, I really want to do it next week. How you're helping reinforce that serious tone because what you're saying is key. But I think there's that practical element of like, all right, well, when they tell me next week, what does that really look like in order to to be able to show that that serious tone? Not in a you're gonna do what I say, but hey, like mm-hmm. this is my heart. And yeah. this mm-hmm. is why we gotta and, get this done today or tomorrow. And here there there's something there's something good because I was actually gonna follow up with something that I believe happens a lot of the time for for new agents, especially in the way that I handle that. So we'll role play it in two ways. So why don't you guys do it right now in the same way? Keith, you're the agent, Ashton's the client, and Ashton just told you yeah, you know what? The next couple of days are real busy for me. Can we do it next next Tuesday? You know, or something like that. What what would you typically go into with Ashton? Go ahead, Ashton. Lead it off. Yeah. Well, well Keith, you know, I, I know I know we want to we want to get this done. I know you're saying you got some time later today. And honestly, today and tomorrow, I, I'm just I'm completely slammed. I, I'm just not going to have that time. Do you think we could? I don't know. Maybe do this in in a in a week or two. So before I give my response, right, let's do the tactical part of that. It's agree, deflect, new question. Okay, so Ashton says to me, you think you can do this in a week or two? Hey, Ashton, yeah, I super understand. I get really busy. I got a lot of things going on too, man. Really appreciate that. Um, you know, here's the thing, right? We we have hundreds of families to take care of. We're doing this on a first-come, first-served basis. We're in oh. your area now. Even though we're meeting virtually, we're taking care of responses uh, of folks in your area. And we may not get back to your area for another couple of weeks. So let me ask you a question. God forbid something happened to you while we're waiting for this coverage to get in place, right? We're waiting for a couple of weeks to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, man, if something happened to you. What would happen to your family? Could they afford what you're looking to protect? Hold on. Let me give you a couple of things I just did. Okay. Okay. Tactical things that we don't often talk about. Number one, agreeing is super important. Okay. Because it creates Mm -hmm. this, we're on the same team or I'm on the same side of you. Number two, the deflection. Right, right. No, no, no. We can't meet in a couple of weeks. We got to meet later today or tomorrow. It's like, okay, now we're adversaries. So that agreement of like, yeah, me too. Right. People want to work with people that are like them. So, yeah, me too. Number two, the deflection was super important because I just gave them so much information in the deflection. Right. And I was listening to the Wolf of Wall Street last week. Talk about this. I gave them so much in Jordan Belfort. I went to a speaking thing of his and I gave them so much in the deflection. They didn't know how to process it. I, I it was intentional to confuse you. We got a hundred families. We might not get back in three or four weeks. God forbid something happens. Like, just think about those three things that I just said. Wait a minute. There's a ton of families in my area who want this coverage. I don't want them to get ahead of me. Right. Oh, we might not be able to get back to you for a couple of weeks. What do you mean a couple of weeks? I'm not important to you. Um, and God forbid something happens to you right now. It's all of a sudden. I just, I created a scenario that was scary. Then finally it was, well, look, uh, we really need to squeeze this in. And if we don't, you know, what's it going to look like? So are you sure we can't get 15 minutes tomorrow where we could just quickly go over these options and get this thing knocked out so you never have to worry about it again? That's a great response. And one of the things that I would say is for me, you know, I, I love that angle. The angle that I think I take most often is that, I believe there's really one of two things going on. Either number one, they're pushing back because human nature is to avoid doing stuff like this. Right. And so they're just, they're just kind of pushing back because they're not necessarily pushing back because they really need to. Uh, They actually do have that time available. So either they're just out of convenience and habit pushing back or B they are thinking about my availability as the same as their availability. And they don't know, they're thinking nine to five, Monday through Friday when they're working and they're, they don't know that I meet with people until 9 p.m. their time and that I'm, I'm talking about a much wider window of availability to be able to meet with them in the next couple of days. And so my response, uh, usually to make sure that we cover the first one and to make sure that I hit the second one in my response 
is that I go, absolutely, look, what I can tell you is exactly what Keith said. There's a lot of families. I have about 80 or 90 families that are in front of me right now that I need to get with and more and more are sending in those letters every day because a lot of people want to get this coverage. I always put everything on the insurance company. So I use the word they a lot. I go, they have me meeting with people over the next couple of days just so we can knock this thing out. So I'd make it, it's not about me wanting to fit them in that box. They've got me doing it. It's kind of like, hey man, I'm just doing my job here. You filled this letter out. You made this request, whatever. If, if you're dealing with warm market, this may be a little bit different for you or you know, network marketing. Yeah. So I'll go, you know, I'm super slammed next week. So I really don't have any availability to be able to do it next week. But I do have a couple slots available tomorrow and, you know, Thursday or later today or tomorrow, whatever your your window is that you're booking in. Uh, I meet with people typically until about 9 p.m. their local time. And so most of the time people are available in the evenings around 730, 8 o'clock. So if we need to meet later, we can take 15 or 20 minutes when you are available uh, so if we were isolating a time between later today or tomorrow, and we were talking about a time you think that would be best, which one do you think would work for 15 or 20 minutes so that I could describe you guys and we could go over these options real quick? And usually just the pushing back on, no, nope, my calendar's full next week. Why don't we do this now? Uh, is enough to shake those people that were just pushing it off because they didn't really have a reason, but it's their nature to push it off to go, oh yeah, I can meet. And for the people that were thinking that my calendar was the same as their calendar, if I go, oh, no, I can meet with people up until nine, they're like, oh, perfect. That's after I put the kids to bed. That's after all my work is done. Yeah, we can meet you at 830. Absolutely. Why don't we do that at 830? They just didn't know that was your time availability before you you suggested it. I guess I still want to go back to you guys about like, OK, so they go, great, 530 works or 830 works. We still haven't gotten to that point of, OK, what do you do then? How are you having them? Uh, write it down, lock it down, put it in their calendar. Um, you know, are they writing it down on a piece of paper? What do you guys have in them do to remember what time the appointment is at? Um, Ashton, why don't we go to you first? Yeah, uh, I started using a, a automated system. Um, and there's some great things out there, you know, like Calendly, um, where you're able to send out those reminders. And I realized that that was the most effective way. As soon as I booked that appointment. I have a text confirmation that goes out uh, that says, hey, you know, this appointment is confirmed. And then another one that says, just so you know, I'm going to be sending you reminders via text and the email that, that you provided. And then I got typically two more that, that go out after that, one the day before via text and email and one the day of. And I was doing really great with those. And it definitely increased my show rate. But then what really got me to that much higher percentage was when I started having a text that said, hey, go ahead and reply yes to confirm that we are still on for today uh, at this date, this time. So you are not, you're not saying anything to them about like write this appointment time down or write it in your calendar or put it in your phone calendar or anything like that when you're setting the appointment? I used to, not so much anymore. Because when, when I'm getting that email, I'm like, hey, I'm letting them know. Hey, great. Glad we got this time. I'm already repeating it. Hey, what time are we meeting again? Oh, yeah, that's right. Perfect. And then I'm repeating it about five times while I'm tying it down. Mm. And I don't, I don't really tell them, hey, go grab a piece of paper anymore. Where, where are you keeping it? Because I'm like, hey, I'm going to send you some reminders. Also, I'm going I'm to invite you to a, a Google Calendar event. That's going to go right on your calendar. And you're going to go get those reminders. And so... Nice. I'm just not doing that portion anymore. And I'm, I'm still having a, you know, anywhere on average from a 70 to 80% share rate. So you're saying it a couple times out loud, they're acknowledging, okay, yep. We're meeting at that time. You're having them kind of repeat it back. You're even asking what time do we say we're meeting again? And they're saying Tuesday at 5 PM or whatever. And then you're just saying, Hey, you're going to get emails. You're going to get text message reminders. And we'll go into that. Number three, Mm-hmm. Keith, are you doing anything different when you're when you're getting people to lock the appointment down before you send them the reminders? Yeah, you know, there's so many things that we're doing that sometimes we forget what we're actually doing, right? It's just so knee-jerk reaction to me now, having done it so many times. The first thing I'm doing after we agree on the time is I'm having them visualize the appointment immediately. So I say, hey, can you grab something to write with? Yeah, okay. 
first off, my name is, and I have them rewrite my name. And I might give them my license number or whatever, so that legitimizes who I am. They can go look me up. They never do, but at least, hey, this guy was willing to offer us his credentials so that we could research him. Then, I'm, then I say this, here's how the appointment's going to go, right? Because I learned from a very, very experienced agent that uh, one of the reasons people don't show up is because they don't know what to expect. So I want to make sure they understand what to expect. Here's how the appointment's going to go. First, we're going to say hello, and I make a joke of it, right? Because I want to make sure they also want to meet with me, and they know I'm a jovial, fun guy. Coming to this appointment isn't going to be all business. I'm actually going to enjoy myself. So I say, first, we're going to get to meet each other and smile and have some fun, and they start laughing. I say, okay, then we're going to cover your goals. We're going to review your medicals. We're going to go over your financials because some people need less insurance than they think they need. Then I'm going to present you options. You're going to pick the one that makes the most sense to you. And we're going to fill out an application because it's super easy. And I want to help you do that. Here's some of the things we'll need for the application. Now, notice I just walked you guys right through my exact appointment and they're visualizing the appointment happening. So here's some of the things I'm going to need for the appointment. Please, if you wouldn't mind, write this down name and phone number and address of your doctor. Now that usually starts to confuse people like, oh, my doctor, I don't remember. But what it does is it starts to program in their mind that I have to go find that information. Right now I have a job. I have a job before this appointment comes up that I'm a part of the actual process. Okay, cool. Any medications that we didn't talk about that suddenly you remember, I'm going to need the correct spelling of them. People do it again, right? They look up. You notice like when people start to think of something, they look up into the upper right hand because they're going into that part of their brain. I want them to do that even if we're on the phone. Now they go up in the brain. "Mm, Is there any medications I didn't tell them about? Now that starts the spinning wheel on the way to the appointment. And then finally, we're going to need an ID. Uh, A driver's license is fine. And and that also gets him thinking, like, why does this guy need my ID? I thought he's, like, you know, going to solve our problems or whatever. Why do we have to prove who we are? Oh, it makes sense. An application for an insurance company would need an ID. So at least asking them to write down all three of those and getting them to think about it makes them a participant to the actual uh, appointment. Now, I want to give everyone out in listening land one more that DJ Debt Free does that a lot of people don't. I'm going to tell you why I do it. So I say at this point, and if any of the options make sense to you, we're going to need the routing number and the account number of the bank account from which you would pay the premium. But that's only if any of the options make sense to you. We just need it for the application. Hopefully, I can present options that make sense to you, and we can knock this out. Now, I didn't say you got to give me your banking info. I said, if any of these options make sense to you, because I want to make sure that they retain some power, but I want that person to go, well, I'm not giving banking info. What are you talking about? I would never give you banking info. I thought you were just going to give me prices on insurance. I want another opportunity to know that I didn't waste my time booking someone who doesn't want to buy insurance. But also, this is like a call them to the carpet moment, right? People think out there, you're calling your dog to the carpet, that that old saying, I want the rubber to hit the road right at that moment. That's what creates a much higher show ratio, at least for me, whereas I see less people than most people, but I write more premium than most people because I only meet with people that go, yeah, no problem. That makes sense. And right there and then they've said I'm buying. I think that that's uh, that's such an important point. And like to those of you guys who, who may be listening to this, guys and girls who are out there going, you know what, I just. I get these leads and I call them and I say, see you at two o'clock and I don't find out any other medical info and I don't find any other stuff out. We're not talking to you on this. You're just going to continue to waste your time. You're going to continue to get chargebacks. You're going to continue to drive to a bunch of appointments that don't want to see you. And if you want to keep running your business that way, keep running your business that way. What we're talking about is that if Keith Fonseca sees five appointments that he did that on the phone with, and it only took him a minute two minutes and a little bit of practice to ask those additional questions. If he saw five of them, it doesn't matter if he's at half of the comp rate that you're at, he's going to make more money than you every single week 
period. And he's going to be able to see three times the amount of people that you can see in the same period of time because you're showing up to a bunch of doors where people aren't answering. You're you know showing up to a bunch of Zooms where people aren't jumping on. You're meeting with a bunch of people who don't really want insurance and don't really care about this, but you just said see you at two and they were like, all right, I guess. So like being able to get comfortable enough and sort of culminate our conversation, get comfortable enough to give people an understanding of how this appointment is going to go and to verify that they're the type of person you actually want to meet with, right? Mm -hmm. That they're really interested in wanting insurance. Man, the amount of productivity that you can have and the amount of efficiency and profitability that you yeah. can have in your business is astronomical from not that much more work. I mean, it's really like we're talking about a minute or two more work. One of the things that I would add uh, because I don't, I give people a little vision of how the appointment's going to go. I make it seem real simple and real easy. Hey, I'm going to go over some options with you guys. We're going to figure out how much insurance you need. I'm going to verify that you qualify for everything that I'm showing you. And then if there's an option that you guys want, I'll help you fill out the application and we can submit it to the insurance carrier. That's what I say on the phone. The one thing that I add to that is I ask them, when you have an important appointment, where do you put it? So do you have a calendar on your wall that you write that important appointment down? Do you have a day planner that you put it in? Uh, do you put it in your phone? And most people are like, yeah, I put it in my phone or I have an Outlook calendar. or I have a Google calendar that I put in and I go, great. Why don't you go ahead and put the appointment in right now and you can add me as an invitee to that appointment. I'll give you my email and I make them enter it into their calendar and put me mm -hmm. as an invite. Or, hey, why don't you go walk to that wall calendar and write it down right now? I'll wait for you. And, and you can put my name. I'll put my phone number there for you, too. Or why don't you go grab your day planner and we'll write it into your yeah. day planner right now? Whatever, wherever they put their important appointment. And I say, when you have an important appointment, like a doctor's appointment, where, where would you put that appointment so that you remember that you have it? And then go through that entire process of having them write down my name and my phone number and, you know, all that stuff, my license number, all those points, and give them that brief synopsis of how our appointment is going to go and establish that if there's an option that makes sense to them, we're going to be filling out an application. So I love that, Keith. It's you guys, hopefully guys and girls out there in podcast land are taking some notes because that was gold. If you, if you imagine if you had people show up to your appointment that had their checking account ready, their doctor's information ready, all their medicines ready. You think those people are ready to buy insurance? Probably. Are those the type of clients that you want to meet with? Probably. Are those, when you don't get those people, are you frustrated that they're not those kind of people? Yeah. So why don't you just spend more time meeting with those kind of people and sorting up front and yep. finding the clients that really want this and maximizing your time? You know, the, the point is there, I mean, like Ryan, like how many, how much business do you close on people that don't show? How much, how much premium Zero. are you writing? Exactly. Zero. So like you said, it, it doesn't matter how many you set. It's all about quality over quantity. Just like you said, Keith's going to write so much more business than the person that's setting 30, 40 appointments in a week because he's setting, you know, I don't know your typical week, but you're setting five, 10, 15 that you know are actually going to show and that are actually wanting to buy. Because you don't need to go spend 60 hours in a week working trying to find and create needs and, you know, try to convince people to buy something yeah. because you're meeting with those people that want to be there. And it's all mm -hmm. about the quality over the quantity. Absolutely. And I think that's it's such an important point for us to, to make sure that we land with people is that, you know, we, we're talking about efficiency. And I think a lot of people may listen to this and you may go, well, they keep talking about closing and selling and I'm in this to help families. And I think that another way to answer the question that Ashton just said is how many families do you get to protect if they don't show up to your appointment? How much of a difference are you making in somebody's life if you put them on your calendar and they don't show up and you can't protect their family? How many people do you save from emotional devastation if it's not important enough to them to show up and actually take you know, part in getting this insurance? And so spending your valuable time with the people that actually want help, with the people that this is a significant concern for, that are ready to get some coverage in place and take care of their family, take care of their, their business, take care of whatever the reason is they want insurance, and not just putting a bunch of people on the calendar that this really isn't important for. Man, it's it was such a huge lesson for me where I think my process when I'm setting appointments is actually more attempting to knock people off my calendar 
than to fill my calendar. I want to kind of shake the tree a little bit and have the the dead leaves fall off before I even put them as a lockdown appointment in my calendar. I remember using having to drive to people's house and I would spend, you know, 30 minutes researching what product to write, uh, you know, 30 minutes calling the insurance carrier to see if they would qualify, getting myself showered and dressed and printing out all their options and putting them in a folder and driving out to their house and then having them open the door and be like, ah, now we just forgot. Or like, no, it's not important to us. Bye. And all of a sudden it was like, man, I just spent two hours, three hours sometimes, plus the hour kicking myself in the butt going, is this going to work for me? Should I go get a regular job? Am I going to be good at this? Right. I've spent three hours of mental and emotional time when if I would have just dialed for three more hours, I would have found the people that Keith's talking about that were like, please come help me get insurance. This is super important to me. And so, you know, I I don't want that point to be lost because, man, it's it's so impactful. I, Ryan, wanna... one, one thing on your point right now, how many insurance agents leave this industry thinking they were not good at it because they took a bunch of people hostage to meet with them who didn't want to buy insurance, told them no, and that agent is broke, came into this to make impact, met with a bunch of people, made no impact, and walks away from this industry going, well, I guess I was terrible at this and this industry doesn't work. And that's like 92% of insurance agents. And if just one-tenth of them realized it's because you set appointments with people who don't want insurance and you got all excited to serve them and they didn't want you to serve them. And then maybe you met with them, maybe you didn't, but you made no money and you made no impact. And now it's like, well, I got to do something different. And if you just had that at the beginning of like, I'm only going to serve people that want to be served and I'm going to do it in a way that brings out the best version of me, well, then there's no turning back. You can do anything in this industry. Yeah, you'll be in that top percentile that make it long term here and have great careers and, you know make a ton of money and help a lot of people and have a lot of impact just so we can make sure that everybody's on the same page. We can wrap this up. I know we're pushing the hour mark here. So we want to make sure that we can get this closed. We had that third piece, which was what kind of reminders are we sending people? I can tell you if you're not using some kind of a text message reminder system or email reminder system for your appointment, uh, I think the jury isn't really out anymore on that. You should be using one of those things. I use Calendly. It's just the one that I started using. They don't sponsor this program or anything like that. Maybe they will at some point in time. Calendly, come on, baby. Uh, but you know, right now I use it because it's simple. It seems to be the industry standard. It gets past everybody's spam filters and text message filters. And um, it's just really easy to use. But my typical mix is I send them an email Immediately upon booking the appointment, I send them an email the day of the appointment that has my Zoom link in it. And then I send them a text message about an hour before the appointment that has my Zoom link in it and reminds them about the appointment in an hour. Uh, are you guys doing anything different in sort of a schedule for when text messages or when emails go out to people as reminders? Yeah, it's uh, typically a not a for me. I'm, I'll go ahead, Ashton. Yeah, no, I, it's I, didn't, typically, I didn't set you guys up for success on that one. That's my bad. Go ahead, Ashton. No, it's typically a, a good mix. Um, I typically get one out like 24 hours before, you know, j- hey, just a reminder, we got that appointment, uh, you know, X month, X day, you know, X time. And then one the, the day of, typically just a, a few hours before. Uh, that way, if if they did forget, it's like two, three hours out. That way, if they did forget, it gives them that time to go, oh, yeah, let me go make sure I'm there and, and ready. And these are text messages, emails, or both? Both. Both. Got it. Okay. Keith, what about you? Well, I was told uh, industry standard has been tested that a, a, a text five minute for the appointment has a high success rate of getting people to show up. I use those other technological solutions like Ryan just mentioned. Uh, but if you're not using them, like, that's a dumb. Let's just say it. I mean, they're free. Like, they're all free, right? And we're living in, you know, the year 2022 where people are at home addicted to screens. So they're more likely to look at stuff on their screen and take notice of it than they are someone in their ear. Not using them is like chopping down a tree with a butter knife with a friggin' saw sitting right next to you, right? It's like they're free. 
you know, Zoom interacts with Google and, you know, if you're using Google Meet and you're virtual or you're using Zoom, whatever, like as soon as you set that thing, it sends them all the info. Hope's not a strategy, man. There's just too many technological advancements to uh, ignore and just go like, well, I'm the one person that they absolutely will listen to and I don't have to do anything right. Yeah, I love that. So here's the two things that we added in this conversation. One was Keith uh, has experimented and had success with also sending them a text message five minutes before the appointment that says, hey, appointment starting in five minutes. I'm ready for you. And one thing that we said earlier was having a message that gets sent that says, yes, to confirm. Are you confirming for our appointment? Yes to confirm, no to cancel, or you know why to confirm and to cancel, or something like that. Yeah. Um, sending that text message out so that we know they're coming. I even heard somebody recently say uh, their text message is worded in a way that says, "If you don't respond to this, I will not be meeting with you." It's just like, just so you know, I'm going to put somebody else in your spot if if you don't respond to this. Um, so. One of the things that I, I found incredibly impactful uh, about what you guys were saying is how you take that urgency in the text message of, I need a response if you're going to show up to this meeting or not. Ashton, I know you send that out, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly what I send out is, hey, you know, please uh, text back. Or I don't say please, but you know, text back yes to confirm uh, this time that we still are meeting uh, today. Perfect. The the one last note that I, I want to make sure that uh, I communicate, because I've run into a lot of agents who've said, all right, man, I bought the right number of leads. I made the right number of dials. I set the right number of appointments. I, you know, built the urgency, people, you know, locked down, blah, 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 blah. And then they still didn't show. And I looked at their templates for their text messages and their emails and they were like novels. It was like, you know, sending a three paragraph email about like, here's me and my family and we live on a ranch outside of Dallas and we have three dogs and one of them's named Colby and one of them's named Jack and the other one's a rescue. And we got him from the pound in 1982 and he's still alive and kicking. And, you know, it's like all this all this stuff that just is so overcomplicating what should be a very simple message, which that you just created with them, which is there's some urgency here. And I've put you in my calendar because there's urgency. They're like these little building blocks, right? It's like, okay, you have a need. That need is urgent. I'm going to create some time in my calendar to meet with you because that need is urgent, right? And here's all the work that I'm going to do for you in between now and then to make sure that we get you the best options. And then we're going to meet and we're going to fill out this, this application. I'm going to send you a couple of reminders to make sure that you know where to go. It's these little stacks on top of each other. And if you start mixing in all this extra complicated information in the, in the mix, people are just going to tune out. Nobody's reading a three paragraph email that you send them. I promise you they're tuning out after the first two sentences and they're like, whatever. So anything yeah. that you write in paragraph two and three, they're not reading anything that you text somebody and it's got like three text messages because you use like 800 characters and, you know, in the text message reminder, they're not reading it. In fact, it turns them off. They're like, why is this person blowing me up? So, you know, like what are what are some of the ways that you guys are just keeping the message short and sweet? Do you do anything like straightforward and to the point? Do you add any information about yourself or who they're going to be meeting with or how the process is going to go in your reminders? Mine are really short and sweet, and I'll tell you why. Um, let's look beyond that. What does that message communicate when it's super long and it's super about me? It's that this appointment is about me. It's not about you. Mm. I'm setting this up and I'm excited to meet with you because I need to make money and I need to sell you something. And that's what people think. Just think about today. If you got like a three page text message from someone with an opportunity, the human mind immediately goes to, what are they trying to sell me? What are they trying to get over on me? And I'm not going to respond. But if a text came in from a person you just set an appointment with who was like, our time is this, uh, we're going to get this solution in place, um, look forward to seeing you there, right? I don't even like the idea of I'm looking forward to meet with you, I'm looking forward to solve your problem. So yeah. mine talks about that rather than I'm looking forward to the meeting. Because in a meeting, well, you could blow me off, you could not buy, you can do whatever. We're not meeting, we're, we're providing solutions over here. And then for me, it's it's simply really just straight to the point, straight business. Um, you know, my text messages only are are straight business. Hey, this is confirmation for your appointment. 
this date and this time. Here's a reminder for your appointment, which is 24 hours before. And then that same one, same day, hey, just a reminder, we're meeting today to go over your options, text back yes to confirm the appointment. And then my emails, I'll give a little bit more detail. Hey, here's the here's the reminder. Click this link to add it to your calendar, Google or, or Apple. And then that reminder one is, hey, guys, look forward to going over those options today to provide that solution. Here are a few benefits, not only, you know, in the event of a death, mm. but, hey, here's some potential living benefits that can be associated with this. Yeah, um, give them a couple carrots for meeting with you yeah. and remind them of why they want this so that just in case they've forgotten or they didn't have a spouse there setting the appointment with them yeah. and maybe the spouse is getting the reminder too. Yeah, I think that's brilliant, giving them a couple little carrots in that reminder email about what this coverage is meant to do. So just to recap it for everybody, man, we've covered a ton of ground here. I guarantee you this is going to help a lot of people. Uh, if you haven't been taking notes, go back and rewatch this, take some notes, add some of these things to your game because man, they are, we just uncovered some of the most solid gold in getting people to show up who really want coverage, who really want to meet with you. And so, you know, just to, to recap here, number one was make sure you're comfortable with your script and that you know what you're saying. So you're kind of out of the way of the process. Number two You've built some urgency and you've been able to identify the importance of this coverage to them so they have a reason to show up for the appointment. Number three was get them to have a vision of what the appointment is and to actually acknowledge the time, write it down, put it somewhere where they're going to remember, whether it's their calendar or a piece of paper, and they understand how your appointment's going to go. And then number four is send them those quick Easy reminders, simple, straight to the point reminders and text messages and emails that remind them of the appointment upcoming. And your show ratios should all be in that 70 plus percent rate like ours is. So, um, you know, we, we hope that you guys can take some of this and mix it into your game. Any final thoughts from uh, from either of you two or are we just going to shut it down? I think that's everything. I'm good. Yep. Awesome. Well, hey, everybody, we will catch you on the podcast. Make sure that you are liking and subscribing this video. Uh, go to writemoreapps.com to uh, add to our mailing list and to also see some of our other training videos. And we'll keep uh, coming at you with fresh content every week. Next week, we're going to cover a super important topic that was actually number two on our most requested topics list. We're going to keep it secret, though, so that you subscribe and find out what it is next week. So we will catch you all on the flip side. Later, everybody.